Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. This month we've been talking about prayer, and uh, Murray spoke about kingdom-minded prayers, and Ash spoke about having big asks, uh, abiding in in the Lord, um, in God, and then asking God for things. And so um, I'm finishing up this series, I think it's the end, I'm not sure, Um, and Murray and Ash told me to talk about the power of faith and perseverance, and I am so excited. I'm like, yes, this is in my bones. Um, And so I It's just, we're going to have a great morning. Um, We're talking about prayer. So simply put, prayer is a conversation with God. It's talking with God, Um, having a conversation with God. And so um, having a conversation, we're having a conversation with God and we're talking with him. We're not talking to him. Um, It's not one way. We all know that in a conversation, it goes two ways. For those of you who have ever sat down with someone for longer than 10 minutes, where they were talking to you and at you, and it wasn't two ways. It's like, okay, this is not a two-way conversation. Uh, it's not enjoyable after a while. Um, but when we talk about having uh, prayer, it's just talking with God. It's speaking and listening, speaking and listening. It's communicating. When we talk about having a prayer life, this is something that we do over time. This is what we do. We, we set up a time with God, and we have an open dialogue with Him. And the more we grow our prayer lives, the We begin to hear with more clarity, uh, more assurance, and um, we begin to just fall in love with it more. Um, I know Mike Bickle from IHOP, he says, you know, as a Christian, it starts off as like duty, you know, like I have to do this, and then like discipline, like, okay, I'm getting disciplined, and then it turns into delight, you know? It's like, I can't wait to get in the presence of God, and I can't wait to have a conversation with him. And we know that in the life of Jesus, he had conversations with God on the go. He never said or did anything. He didn't hear or see his father doing, but he also took time aside away from everyone and he went away to pray. And I think that's a good model for us. I think in the day-to-day, you know, we're busy. We have kids, we have lives, we have families, we have work, and it's like this open dialogue at any point. I'm speaking with the Lord and I'm listening. Um, But also taking time aside and having an intentional time to be with the Lord where distractions are just kind of silenced. And actually 15 years ago, I was in the school of ministry and Kathy Harris asked the smoke group leader, she said, when's your God time? And we were all like, she's like, if you can't tell me when you do this, uh, I can pretty much conclude that you don't have a God time. Like, um, and so it's so important to say, you know what, I'm getting up in the morning. I'm doing this at night before bed. I am doing this at this particular time of the day. And so it's a call for all of us to grow in prayer. But um, this morning we're talking about faith. And so prayer has to come with faith. You can't, you can't break it apart. And so when we come before God and we have a conversation with him, we need to have faith in what? In knowing that he's God, he's there, there's an existence, but that he's listening, that I can stand in his presence and communicate and hear back. Um, and there's a lot of things that are 
kind of grabbing our attention, but um, faith is just so important. We absolutely need it to have a prayer life with the Lord, and we need to grow our faith. So our prayer lives don't just magically happen out of nowhere, and our faith doesn't just grow out of nowhere. It takes a lot of intentionality, it takes some wrestling, uh, takes a bit of challenge, and when I'm speaking this message this morning, I'm just as challenged as you are. <laughs> and so if you're feeling like, these, this, these scripture verses are like, oh, I have a lot of questions. I'm being challenged. That's a good thing. You're, it's supposed to challenge you. I'm very challenged by it. And so our faith, um, we need to grow our faith. And we need to have faith in order to have a prayer life in terms of the longevity of our lives. If we're living for how many more decades, how many more years, and I'm going to have a prayer life growing in communication and conversations with the Lord, um, Faith is what's going to keep that going. So without faith, you can get really excited and passionate, you know, like January 1st, I'm going to the gym, I'm working out. And then three weeks later, the gyms are empty. For those of you like going to work out, that's when you go back to the gym. You're like, oh, I get the treadmill again. Um, and so in terms of our prayer lives, we get so excited and I'm going to do this and I'm going to grow prayer life. But if we're not exercising faith, we're not growing in faith, that excitement is just going to fizzle out a bit because if, if you don't have confidence that someone's listening to you and saying say yes and amen and speaking to you, that prayer life won't go very long. And we want to we talk to God for the rest of our time here on, on earth. Um, and so, okay, so faith is absolutely necessary to prayer. So if you have your Bibles on you, you can open up to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. This is kind of where the, the, the term title prayer of faith came from, um, but we know that needing, having faith is all throughout the Bible. But James chapter 5, verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the, and the prayer offered in faith, the prayer offered in in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Um, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So this is one verse where we see the prayer offered up in faith is not only important, but it's necessary. But when you read through the scriptures, um, you don't go, you can't go very far in the gospels. I've started reading the Bible in a year, so I do a bit of Old Testament, bit of new, bit in the middle. And, and uh, I, just I just finished, finished up, up uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew this month. And um, faith is extremely important to the Lord. And uh, you can't go very far. I mean, you can read maybe a chapter before it's like, and it's about faith again. Jesus healed people according to their faith. The level of healing was measured against the measure of their faith. This is challenging to hear. Um, it also says that Jesus had mighty works to display. It was in the will of God to display these mighty works, but he couldn't because of a lack of faith. Ooh, even more challenging. Jesus required faith to heal people. Jesus said, according to your faith, you've been healed. Two blind men, you know what? According to the measure of this faith you have, you will be healed. The centurion that said, you don't even have to come see my, my daughter. Like, just say the word. I understand authority. You can just say it. He's like, I have never seen faith like this. Um, 
um, Jesus comment on it. And he also rebuked his followers. Oh, you, you have no faith. He rebuked unbelief. Um, and that's like, <laughs> you read it and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm not that person. <laughs> um, but I mean, we, we all have these moments where we struggle with unbelief. And then there's this interesting story where someone says to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, like I'm believing you, but there is a part of me that's wrestling. And Jesus said, that actually was enough. They had their healing. And so uh, it's, it's going to look like a bit of a wrestle, but our goal is to grow in faith and to believe. And so faith is absolutely necessary. And when we come before God and we pray, um, when I'm talking about a conversation with God, I mean, there's like the intimacy that I love you, Jesus, because, and he goes, I love you, Mel, because, and it's like journaling and you're transforming my heart and my identity, I'm understanding my identity. But then there's also the conversations with God that is like, uh, God, I need wisdom. I need direction. Can I get some godly strategy here? Like there's, there's conversations that just kind of look like he's directing us. And then there's these conversations where God is like, I want to release my power in the earth and I want to partner with you to do it. So I want you to ask me to do that and to use you to release my power. And uh, so our prayer lives with God look like a whole bunch of things. But I think some of us kind of sit in this, uh, all my communication with God is like, I want to I learn about him. I want to grow my knowledge of him. That'll never end. and <laughs> We'll never fully arrive. But we want to like, you know, fall in love with him and know who he is. And, and uh, he, I want him to affirm who I am and my identity. And God's like, okay, come on, let's get up. Partner with me. I want to release my power and glory in the earth. And I'm going to use you to do it. And I'm going to tell you what to ask me uh, or what to tell me to do. So it's like, you know, I said this morning, we think we're trying to convince God, like, God, can you please do this? And he's like, I'm telling you to tell me to go do that. <laughs> he's convincing us more than uh, we're convincing him. And so this is where our prayer, uh, Ash talked about having a big ask, asking God for big things and what we're asking for. It's supposed to be impossible. It's supposed to look difficult. And he wants us to come to him and ask for it. And he wants us to pray in faith. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. If you have your Bibles, open up to Hebrews chapter 11. We know uh, a lot of us would, might know this verse. It's kind of the Bible defining faith. So what is faith? Well, let's ask the Bible to define it for us. Okay, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. This, and then the Bible goes on to say, uh, by faith we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was made out of what was invisible. And then it goes on to say, Abel had faith. Noah had faith. Abraham had faith. Jacob had faith. Um, Moses had faith, and all these people had faith. And it says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Um, and basically, this is what I did this morning, but like, like think of all of heaven, like God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all of the angels, all of the saints, everyone is like, they're applauding faith. 
They're pleased, God is pleased by faith and they are, com- and they are applauded for it. Guys, when you have faith in difficult moments where there's something you, you need, to, you're asking God to, see, to, to do and you don't see it, but you have faith that he's already done it and he's gonna do it, this is what all of heaven is doing. Isn't that amazing? That can only be done in this, in this time, in this age, in our present moment, where we are only seeing with our physical eyes, where we're only experiencing what's happening in, with our five senses. And so the Bible, Hebrews is saying, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. So if you look at like the original word, it's like, Faith is confidence, it's assurance, it's a deep knowing or a conviction. Um, and so you can say faith is confidence, like I have confidence that this is who God is and what this is what he's gonna do. That's the same as saying I have faith. It is a knowing and it's something that um, we do not see, assurance for what we do not see. So it, you can't see it, you can't taste it, you can't smell it, you can't touch it, you can't hear it. But we know that there is a whole other higher reality of the kingdom of God. There's a whole storyline of a lot that's happened, a lot is happening and a lot is gonna happen in the pages of this book. And faith is saying, I believe it. I don't see it, but I believe it. And that's what faith is. And so in reality, faith is deeply rooted in the word of God. Romans says, faith comes from hearing the word of God. You can't have faith without knowing what's going on in this book and what God is saying and what he's about to do. Um, if, if you don't have this going on inside of you, if the word of God, the written word of God, the speaking word of God, the promises of God, then it's, not, it's actually not faith. It's wishful thinking. It's hopeful thinking. It's mind over matter. Uh, the latest I've seen in the last few years, um, if you are online at all or on TikTok, it's manifesting. Uh, not the manifesting word that we know, but manifesting something to happen. I'm going to think it and believe it so much that I will see it happen. That's not faith. People who don't know God and don't know the truth and the word of God, it's not faith. It's wishful thinking. And so faith is deeply rooted in the word of God. In the book of Hebrews, when it says uh, faith is a confidence of what we hope for, assurance about what we don't see, um, if you have an amplified version, it says it's the confirmation of a title deed. I read this and I loved it, but also had to Google a title deed. But for those of you who are homeowners, you've had to sign a deed. It's basically the legal document saying what, who is the owner and of what. And if, and then that, that title deed can get transferred. You can transfer ownership. And so faith is saying there's a legal document of absolute truth that is in the pages of this book. And faith is faith in that legal document. If you don't understand the legality of what Jesus did on the cross and what has happened, read the book of Romans. You can start there. Um, and there's other parts of the New Testament, but just work through Romans. It's like, this is the legality. This is the truth. This is what's happened. And so I'm just going to, in a few minutes, say it. Um, but basically, Jesus died on the cross. I've asked Kathy not to do a, a salvation talk after worship because I'm like, no, you know what? I want to give an opportunity for this, but I want to explain it. But 
The Bible says that before the cross, Satan had dominion. He had dominion. And when Jesus died on the cross, that dominion, that legal right that Satan had, that the enemy had, was transferred to Jesus. I wouldn't say transferred. I'd probably say taken by force. But it was transferred back. The legal document says now Jesus has dominion. And so when I talk about, I'm going to talk about power and authority, but this is the best analogy I've heard over the years. It's not my analogy. I love analogies because I worked with youth and I just think it helps things make sense. But think of a police officer. A police officer has a gun. That gun is power. It's pretty powerful. It's a powerful weapon. That power is extreme force that can uh, create a great amount of damage. That is power. The police officer has a badge, has a car saying police, and that badge basically is a stamp saying you can exercise this power. Does that make sense? So, um, so there's power, which is that armed weapon. There is the, the badge that says you have authority to use this. But let me take it one step further. That authority and that power is bound by what? The law. So the uh, police officer has power, has authority to exercise that power all under the umbrella of the law. So when you think of power, the enemy has power, yeah? Like the kingdom of darkness is not, uh, like, not there. I would say most of us in the room would be like, it's, it's there. I've probably experienced a bit of it. Um, but the enemy before the cross in your life had authority to exercise that power. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took your place and my place of, of the consequence of our sin, which was death. So he's like, I'll take your place. You're standing on death row, ready to pay the price for your sin, but I will take that place on death row, so I will take the consequence of it. No, no one can do that except someone who's perfect and is not already sitting there. <laughs> we can't do that for each other because we're all in line, right? But Jesus says, I'll, I'll, take, I'll pay the price for that sin, which was death. When Jesus rose again from the, cross, from the cross and from the dead, the Bible says that all power has been given to him. God is all powerful, but all authority has been given to Jesus. So legally speaking, title deed, all authority now belongs to Jesus in your life for the power of God to move. Now that authority and power comes under the, the will of God, which the Bible says it's perfect and pleasing. It's good. His will is, is very good, even better than what you could think of or imagine. Think of the best outcome, the best scenario. It's 10 times better. I guarantee you. So under the perfect, pleasing, good will of God, his authority, he has power that he can use with his authority. And so before Jesus in our lives, I want you to picture yourself in like a maximum security prison. 
You have handcuffs, your ankles are chained together. And when you say yes to Jesus, Jesus has the power and the authority to walk in through the doors of that prison. It's all been given to him. He walks in, he takes the key, he undoes your handcuffs, and he walks you right out. That's salvation. And if there's anyone here this morning that's like, I, I think I need to give my life to Jesus. Like, I, I want to say yes. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth what I'm saying, what the Bible is saying, you will be saved. You will walk right out of that prison. You are no longer under the dominion of the enemy. You are under the dominion of God, and you are free. Not only are you set free, but you are given a brand new identity as a child of God. You are a son and daughter of God. With that identity comes the family name. And God's like, now go, let's go use this family name. Where now the Bible says that the authority that Jesus has is delegated to you. So it's not your power, it's not your authority, but it's power and authority delegated from Jesus to you to use. And that's why in, in like Christian lingo, we're like, make me a vessel, make me an offering. Like vessel, what's a vessel? But this is God saying, my power can be released through your life because I have authority and I'm delegating that authority to you. Use the family name. Hey, I'm a son and daughter of God. I am a child of God. I am under the dominion of God. The authority that Jesus has has been delegated to me to use. Use it. And God is saying, let's go partner together and, and release my infinite glory, power, and resource to the world. And not only for your life, but for the life of other people. This is God's desire for you and me as the church. And this is what he wants us to be doing. He wants to partner with us to release his power in the world. And where does it come from? It comes from faith. It comes from faith. And um, we have the authority, but we can grow in our understanding of authority. We can grow in our ability to exercise that authority and release power. That we can grow in. I want to grow in it. I know I need to grow in it. We can all grow in it. So just a couple of cool verses for you before I move on. But Colossians 2 verse 15, everything that I'm talking about, um, it says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities of Satan, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Love that verse. It's one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, if you need to get some of the scripture, write it out, put it in your window. Faith and growing in faith comes from hearing the word understanding the word, eating, eating, like chewing this up, speaking out the word. Um, and so we need to get in the word to grow in our faith. Okay, one more Bible verse for this morning. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Okay, Jesus says, have, uh, verse 22, sorry. Jesus says, have faith in God. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes with what they are saying and that it will happen, uh, it will 
it will be done for them. Verse 24, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, I'm just, this is a whole other message that I will just say briefly. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you and your sins. In, in Matthew, when Jesus is talking about forgiveness, he says, forgive, forgive, forgive. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so understanding our authority to release the power of God, I think forgiveness is absolutely foundational to it. And I do think some of us are trying to like, uh, you know, we're warfaring against the enemy and we're like fighting and like mountain, go into the sea. And it's like, your heart is like, Ooh, Jesus, like can go work on that. Cause then I can release power through you, but that's a whole other message. Um, and so Jesus is saying, speak to the mountain, the obstacle, the big challenge, the enemy, speak to it, tell it to go in the sea. It will go in the sea. And he says, uh, you have to, and you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe it, it will be done. And you have to believe that you have received it. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying in chapter 11, where the, in Hebrews it's saying, you have faith in what you're not seeing. And so when we understand what Jesus has done, that every promise of God is yes and amen, the, the, what happened on the cross, it's in its fullness, it's 100% complete. It's not like you're halfway there. It's not like you're a little bit there. It's like the work of the cross is 100% finished. Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say it's somewhat finished. He said, it is finished. It is done. And so Jesus is saying, you have to believe that it's already done. It's already done. So when we come to God and we pray, it's not like, God, please, 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 please. It's like, thank you that this is done. But I need to call that reality into this reality. And so the reality is the kingdom of God, the work of the cross is 100% complete. And Jesus, when he tells his disciples to pray, he says, call that kingdom, that unseen reality, the, you are a citizen of that kingdom now, child of God, call that down here. Does that make sense? Like your kingdom come. I belong there. Like it's already done, but bring it here. And so when we come before God in faith and we say, God, come and move. Like we want to see your power. It's already done. Now, the thing with reading this, this verse that I've, I read it as a child and I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk down the street and tell a tree to move. Why isn't the tree moving? Well, this is, this is exercising the power of God through the authority of God under the will of God. So Mark chapter 11, you can't really read this without understanding the will of God is key. And the entire life of Jesus that's recorded, it's the will of God, the will of God. It's, it's God. It's God. I, he's doing it. He's doing it. It's in his will. Um, and so it's in the will of God. And I think that's what gets confusing. Can I pray and ask for this? How do I know it's in the will of God? Like, how do I know this is what he wants? Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we don't know. I do, I do believe that the kingdom of God is fullness, fullness of healing, 
um, of God kicking out the enemy. I think that's the will of God. But what about the things that you and I are asking for that is not necessarily in the Bible? I was telling a story this morning uh, where my I got married 12 years ago in Brazil, off an island. It was beautiful. The forecast was rain every day. And I said, God, it will not rain on my wedding day. And Kathy Harris was there. I, my mother-in-law has the gift of faith, which is a whole other message, but faith is a gift that God gives to some people. And you know you have the gift of faith when you, you start getting frustrated with people's unbelief or you don't get it. Like, wow, why is this an issue? And you're like, you have a gift of faith. You have the gift. Um, and so just have patience with people. But on my wedding day, I, the days leading up, I was like with my mother-in-law, it will not rain. It will not rain. God opened, and my mother-in-law, open the skies, push back the clouds, you know. And guess what? On my wedding day, not a cloud in the sky, pure sun. It rained every day after that. <laughs> and um, can I see that in the Bible? No. If anything, like, prophets are asking for it to rain. <laughs> um, but... Like, can we ask for things that's not necessarily in the written word of God, but God has actually deposited the Holy Spirit in you to kind of testif to testify to what the Lord is saying to you. So we are all, I would say a lot of us in this room, have promises that God's given. We've not fully seen. It's not in the Bible, but it, it was the speaking word of God, either from God to you or through a prophet, um, but the Holy Spirit kind of, it testified in your spirit. And you're like, I know, I know. Um, and so that is the speaking word of God. Like that's a promise of God. And you can, you can stand in faith knowing that it's already been given to you because it came from the word of God and the mouth of God. And so we can stand and pray in faith. And so when Murray Nash gave me the title, it was the power of faith, but and that makes sense, but it was like the power and perseverance of faith. Perseverance. Like this is like, it's not just a one-time ask and, oh, I didn't see it. Okay, forget it. It's like days, weeks, years, for some of us, decades of asking for something. It's engaging with that promise over time. It's speaking it out over time. If it's in the will of God, stick. it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You have to stick with it. Um, and we, we all know that, you know, the timing of God, the will of God, these are all things that we're like, we don't know. I don't have answers for you. I don't have answers for myself, but I do know that the Holy Spirit has testified to promises in my life. So I will, I will believe it and stick with it. And in the Bible, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it goes on and talks about Abraham. Like Abraham had great faith. And if you read Abraham, I just finished Genesis this month. Like he, he got the applause from heaven. Like he got the stamp of approval. But man, do you guys know the life of Abraham? Had a little, like a few hiccups, just a few, not, not too big. Um, and so, you know, but it was 25 years later. Like Abraham was given a promise from God of having a, of a son and that happened 25 years later. King David was anointed king. 20 years later, um, he became king. And so I'm a, when I pray with God, I'm like, God, I know you said this. I know you said this. I'm believing. And, so, and then I'm like, God, can it not be 30 years? Can it be one year? <laughs> um, but stick with it. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, I'll just read it out. It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence, diligence to the very... Um, and so that when 
You hope, what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Faith and patience. Can you guys say patience? Can you guys say perseverance? All right. Um, and so, you know what? God is saying the answer to the promise is yes and amen, but it requires faith, patience, a prayer life, and just standing before God in confidence, knowing that it is yes and amen. And you feel, if you feel like your faith is like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, it's rocking, um, read the Bible, like read the scriptures. It's, it's rooted in that. And I just, in a minute, just want to talk about healing. And this, this church, this house has, uh, you know, made headlines 25 years ago with the healings that we, we got to see and experience and the power of God that was seen in this place and over these last 25 years. It's still happening today. Duncan Smith, it's happening today. Okay, so if there's anyone in the room that's like, this was for them, uh, come talk to me, but it's for today. And uh, God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you emotionally and in your mind. Uh, he, wants, he wants fullness in your life more than you want the fullness in your life. And so we pray for healing in this place. And uh, this is kind of the topic that just gets hard for a lot of us. And I realized after the first meeting, the few people I spoke to uh, had a lot of pain and tears with the disappointment of not seeing what they, they asked God to see. And I just want to say, first and foremost, faith is not an absence of sadness and grief and tears. That is not canceling out faith. There are two totally separate continuums that can happen at the same time. Sadness, pain, disappointment, and grieving is uh, part of the human experience, uh, and it was a big part of Jesus's experience. So we know that we can have faith and see the power of God move but still be like, there's pain. And uh, I can stand here this morning and tell you that would, that would be my life. And for some of you in the room would know, um, but 18 years ago, it's coming up to 18 years ago, we prayed for my brother for nine months from the diagnosis of cancer to the day he passed. We prayed with faith. He prayed with faith. Um, and we didn't, we, we were 100% convinced that the cancer, we would get a clear report. Now, we got the clear report, but it's not, it's not what we wanted it to look like, and he passed away. And um, my dad actually led our family in faith because this is what he said. He said, guys, until the coffin goes into the ground when we're at the cemetery on the day of the funeral, until I throw the dirt, he had to pick up dirt and throw it on the coffin, uh, I'm believing that he will get up. And we were like, okay. This is it. And even to, after he passed away, we said bye to him in the hospital room, passed away in front of our eyes. Is there pain and grieving and trauma and disappointment and confusion? Yes, 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 yes. And um, 18 years ago, we had the funeral here and the coffin's laying out here. And I'm 16 years old, sitting in the front row being like, that. I'm just staring at the coffin. It's going to open. It's going to open. This is, you know what? This is going to be a display of the power of God and the glory of God. And uh, we got to the cemetery and my dad threw the dirt. And it's that moment where we got back in the car and our hearts sunk. You know, that feeling of like, man. Now, I, I told someone this morning, they're like, how do you get to this place? I'm like, okay, first of all, that was 18 years ago. <laughs> um, is the pain and grief still very real? Oh, Yes. 
oh yes. My husband can tell you that a few times a year, I'm like, oh, I feel it today. Like, I really feel it. Um, I can tell you though, that I can look back 18 years ago, would I change anything that we did in faith and prayed in faith? No, 100% no. Um, I am 100% certain that that faith was pleasing to God. And I'm 100% certain that God and all of heaven is. Right? And so I, I just, with, when it comes to praying for, for some reason, emotional healing, we're like, oh, I can, oh yeah. But physical healing is like, <gasps> you know, I've seen, I've seen too much. And um, I can tell you this morning that I can stand before anyone that's asking me to pray for healing and be like, I'm 100% believing in faith that God can heal you and will heal you. And it's a yes and amen. And the question of the day is, it is a yes and amen. I mean, we know the end of the story. We know that God defeated death. We live forever. But we also know that we are in a temporal body and we're going to get uh, a resurrected body in the age to come. And so the question of the day is, is that healing of the physical body ordained in this age, or am I just going to see it in the age to come? Because they're both yeses and amens, but one is now. And, and the question is, I, I don't know. And the other thing that uh, we have to kind of wrestle with is, Jesus said, according to your faith, you've been physically healed, according to your faith. And so, you know, there's some principles we can grab from the Bible. Uh, have faith, number one. Number two, forgive please work on forgiveness, you know, uh, repent for sin. That's another biblical principle. Like if you want to see physical healing, there's things we can do to get there. But what we can't do is work backwards. So if you didn't see the, the, the healing in the physical body in this age and where we're at now, uh, please don't go back and say, I didn't have enough faith. I didn't forgive enough. And I didn't repent of the sin I was supposed to repent of. We can't work backwards that way because, I mean, it is still a great mystery. And I have seen it over the years in this church where it's like, well, you know, did you do enough inner healing? Was there some generational stuff that took you under, you know? And it's like, I don't think we can work backwards. We're going to work forwards. We're going to do everything God's telling us to do. And we're going to 100% believe that we're going to see it. Yeah. Um, in this message, I, I understand that there's questions and uh, I don't have all the answers, but let's like, can we have mighty faith? Like Jesus is like, I want my church to have faith and pray and ask so that I can release power in the earth to show this broken and dying world that all authority is mine, I am all powerful, and my will is perfect, good, and pleasing. And actually, it's already a yes and amen from the word of God. So I, I would want to encourage all of you this morning, even if you've wrestled, wrestle with it. But can we come before God and say, God, I know that you're asking me to have faith. I want to grow in faith. How do I get there? Do I need to let go of anything? But I want to see things happen. If there's anyone here this morning that's like, I have promises that I put on the shelf because I gave up. I grew weary of the ask. I would like to encourage you to pick that back up again. And us as a church, we're going to stand together. That is the importance of community. So when you are struggling, grab those people of faith that sometimes just bug you sometimes. You're like, ah, but when you need a little bit of faith and encouragement, those are the people you're going to get. And like your faith annoys me sometimes, but I need your encouragement. Give me a pep talk. So 
Guys, let's grow in faith. Let's ask God for things. And you know what? We think we're convincing him. He's convincing us to ask him for what we think we're convincing him to do already. He's like, can we do this together? And where prayer and faith gets really, really cool is when you're not only praying for your life, but you're praying for other people. You're praying for your city, your nation, your uh, government leaders, like that's where intercession gets cool. That's where you're like coming before God and you're like, I'm praying for my nation. I'm praying for my nation. And then God's like, oh, I think I can, I can trust you with this. So here, let me whisper to you some secrets of my plans and purposes for your nation. And you're like, you hear some secrets. And God's like, well, here's a secret about Canada. Like, I'm going to move. And then you're like, oh, and God's like, pray for me to move. I'm like, okay, I'm praying for you to move. And then you get high-level intercessors. And I just want to honor really quickly, we have intercessors in our midst, in the chairs this morning that you would never know. They're kind of like our, our, I always picture them with army boots and an army suit, like at battle behind the scenes. And uh, they don't do it for recognition from people. Um, but they are like doing some serious damage um, and in, in the spiritual realm against the enemy. And they're in prayer for us. Like they're in prayer for, for the Holy Spirit to move in this place. And if you're listening to me this morning, you're like, I think I'm called to intercession. Like, can you just grow a prayer life, start a conversation with the Lord, ask him what he wants you to ask him for, and it's going to grow. And over decades of time, you get high-level intercessors and I just, you hear stories and you're like, <gasps> God is revealing big things to you and you are, you're operating in a level of that delegated authority where you're releasing power, where, you know, there is um, an anointing to your words and the things you're saying, God's like, oh, I'll move on your behalf because you've gone with me in secret for years. All right, I'm, I'm done. So feel free to stand up. God, thank you so much that you are here and in this place. God, I pray that when we're talking about faith, that you would, your gift of the Holy Spirit, that you would work something on the inside of us. For those of us here this morning, that's like, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Holy Spirit, everything that we are wrestling with, we have questions. Okay, I have faith, but what, does, what decisions do I make now? Do I leave my job? Do I stay in my job? Do I move? Like, I believe you're doing things, but what does wisdom look like? God, that you would come with your spirit of wisdom, revelation, bring clarity to your will, that when we get before you, we will hear your voice. God, we wanna be a church that releases your power. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.